Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This is probably my favorite section in the Gospel of John, um, of all of the verses in John, these are probably my favorite in John. Now, I know I say my favorite book, but this I'm saying in John. These are my favorite. If you follow me on Facebook, you already know that. You got a pen? You got a pad? If you've been with us, you know that Jesus has come face to face with Jerusalem, and Jesus has been making some fantastic claims about himself. He claimed he was God. He claimed to be the Messiah. He claimed to be the Redeemer sent from heaven. He claimed that he would die and be raised by his own power. He claimed to be the only hope for Israel. He claimed to be God's gift to the world. He claimed to be the person that every man's salvation depended on. He claimed to be equal with God. He claimed to be the son of God. He claimed to be the sovereign judge of all men. Jesus made some amazing and astonishing claims about himself. Now listen, Jesus was a first century mind blower. When Jesus spoke, he created mental havoc in their minds. Jesus created spiritual trauma in their hearts. And when he spoke, he stirred people up and flip folk out by his claims. Did you hear me? And now Jesus comes to Jerusalem for the last time. And he'll never leave Jerusalem except to die in just about six months outside of the city. Keep in mind, he knows the things that are going to happen. But Jesus has resolved to do the Father's will and to reach people. And so prompted by love and knowing that the time is running out, he goes back to the hatred and the hostility and the persecution in Jerusalem, knowing that death is imminent. Now listen, look at me. The question above all questions, the most profound, penetrating, soul-searching question ever asked was asked by the governor of Rome in Judea. Anybody know his name? Pontius Pilate. You might remember, write it down, Luke 23. Pilate tried Jesus. I'm going somewhere, listen. Pilate tried Jesus, and at least in his heart, he concluded that Jesus had done nothing wrong. Uh, 23 verse 4, Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. Pilate was trying to set Jesus free. And, 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 and that's why he brought Jesus before the crowd and he brought uh, Barabbas 
who was the most heinous criminal in custody at the time. Thinking that the people would buy a clue and choose to release Jesus over Barabbas. Are you following me? So that's why he bought Barabbas and he bought Jesus. And the people, you know, the mob was thirsty for the blood of Jesus. They wanted to see him killed. The mob said, crucify him, crucify him, and release Barabbas. And then Pilate asked the most profound, penetrating question, what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ, Matthew twenty-seven twenty-two. This question must be answered by every single one of us this morning. What will you do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? Well, in our text, the people in Jerusalem are faced with the same question. And they are trapped in the valley of decision. And they have to do something. And here in chapter 7, Jesus has been confronting the Jewish leaders. You know that. And the Jewish leaders are stunned. And they're standing there trying to unravel. And in their frustrated, infuriated, confused hearts, they want to kill Jesus. But nobody touched him. Why? Because what? Somebody tell me why they didn't touch him. Because his hour had not come. You've been listening. Verse 34 Jesus told them, 734, Jesus told them that there's coming a time when, we, when, when, when they will seek him and not be able to find him. And we know from last week that they mocked in verse 35 and 36, and they laughed. And we left off, were you with me? The Jews, confused, divided, delaying in their decision concerning Christ. I've titled this sermon, Reactions to the Claims of Christ. Saints, we pick up in John chapter 7, and we'll finish John chapter 7 today. John chapter 7, we pick up in verse 37. If you're looking at verse 37, I need you to say a hearty amen like you're awake. Very good. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood crying out saying, Come on, y'all, read it with me. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, come on, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What was he talking about? He was talking about the Holy Spirit. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified or ascended. Therefore, in verse 40, let's read it all and we'll come back and talk. Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, they said, truly, this is the prophet. And others said, this is the Christ. But some said, will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? And so there was a division among the people because of him. Now, some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Why? Because thou art not come. Then the the officers came to the chief priests and and the Pharisees, who said to them, why have you not brought him? And the officers, I want you all to watch this. The officers answered, no one has ever spoken like this man. The Pharisees answered them, are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, remember him? He who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man 
before it hears him and knows what he's doing. And they answered and said to him, are you also from Galilee? Search and seek for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. And look at it tucked away, verse 53. And everyone went to his own house. Saying, stop right there. I'm excited this morning. Give me your attention. If you were with us last week, just by show of hands, were you with me last week? Just by show of hands. And you know that John chapter 7 is during the Feast of the Tabernacles. And you also know that in Israel there are three, are you listening? There are three major feasts that every male Jew must attend mandatory. The Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Passover, and the Feast of Tabernacles. It's during the Feast of Tabernacles here in our text. And Jesus goes up to Jerusalem, you know that, and he goes directly to the temple and he sits down and is handed a scroll. And Jesus begins to expound on the Old Testament scriptures. And the people are amazed that Jesus sounds so learned and so scholarly and so articulate and so profound. He was flawless in his ability to teach. Now, again, in chapter 7, it takes place during the Feast of Tabernacles. Also, if you're taking notes, it's the Feast of Sukkoth, S-U-K-K-O-T-H, Sukkoth. It's pronounced, same thing, Feast of Tabernacles. This was an eight-day celebration, and I want you to pay attention, and you must pay attention this morning to understand what's going on here. This is an eight-day celebration and a time to remember the wilderness wandering, as I told you. The people would set up booths or tents made out of branches outside, and families would camp out, and moms and dads would tell the kids about the 40 years of miracles during the wilderness wandering, and how God provided water from the rock, and how God provided, what is it, manna, bread from heaven, how God led them by day in a cloud and a pillar by night. They're talking about these things during the Feast of Tabernacles. During this celebration, animals were sacrificed every day. A drink offering of wine was poured out every day. The first day of the feast, eight bulls were offered. Each day, one less bull would be offered as a burnt offering. The first seven days of the feast was to symbolize the 40 years of wandering. The last eighth day, or the last day, the eighth day, symbolized the people finally entering the promised land. Are you following me? Every day of the feast, a procession, try to get this in your mind's eye. Every day of feast, during the feast, a procession of priests would go down to the pool of Siloam and they would draw water in these golden pots in these golden pitchers at daybreak. As the priests were walking, the choir would be singing. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. The priests would get the water and then process back to the temple. And then when they arrived at the temple, there would be three blasts from the shofar. As the water was being poured, There is shouting and singing the Hallel songs. Remember I told you the Hallel songs are Psalm, if you don't know this, write it down. Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 are the Hallel songs. Well, they're singing the Hallel songs. Psalm 118 uh, and 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. 
Psalm 118.25, save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. They're singing these songs, and while they're singing the songs, they're waving and shaking their myrtle branches. They're shaking their willow branches, and they're shaking their palm branches toward the altar as if to remind God of his promises. Well, on the seventh day, the priest would circle around the altar seven times. Anybody know why? Just yell, don't mumble, yell out. If you want to say something, say it. Y'all like, <laughs> that's what I hear from up here. Because, exactly, because the people marched around the walls of Jericho seven times. On the seventh day, the priest would circle the altar seven times. On the sixth time around the altar, the priest with the water was joined with the priest with the wine and both water and wine were poured out. Well, after the seventh trip around the altar, the priest would hold up the pitcher and the people would shout for him to raise it higher and raise it higher and raise it higher and the people would beat their tree branches until the leaves fell off. This was a wild scene. Are you getting it? And people are going crazy and they're shouting and they're singing and they're dancing. And it's a great time of great joy and celebration. A rabbinical scholar said, whoever had not witnessed this scene had never seen rejoicing at all. Well, the seventh day was known as the day of the great Hosanna. Now listen, that was seven days. The eighth day was very different. The last day or the eighth day was much more solemn, much more serious, much more official, much more ceremonial. On the last day, the priests would still gather at the Temple Mount. Priests were still carrying the golden pitchers of water that they had gotten from the Pool of Siloam, but this time they would not fill the pitchers with water. The priests would hike the empty pitcher back up to the Temple Mount, and the empty pitcher was symbolic of the fact that Israel still thirsted that they were waiting for the Messiah. Are y'all with me, saints? And they were waiting for the Messiah who would come and pour his spirit out on the nation. And then the priest would pour out the empty pitcher. And at that time, they would read Isaiah chapter 44, verse 3, for I will pour out on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. And I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. And very important for you to get the scene. It was at this point, listen, the Bible tells us, look at verse 37. On the first day of the feast, last. On the last day, which was different than the seven days I just explained to you, everything is solemn, everything is ceremonial, everything is symbolic. It was at that point, at this serious solemn, reflective moment that the piercing voice of Jesus yells out, verse 37, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, and he who believes in me, as the scripture has said out of his heart, shall flow rivers of living water. Can y'all imagine standing there? This was shocking. It'd be like somebody right now that I'm standing here preaching, and somebody right now just stand up and start yelling something. Wouldn't that be crazy? We had to drag you out of here, literally. But it will be shocking. It will be startling. That's what happens. 
Jesus, my point is this, Jesus breaks the silence. Now, remember last week we talked about Jesus yelled. Remember that in John 7, 28? He yelled at the top of his voice in anger in John 7, 28 for ignorance. He yelled in anger because of their ignorance. He cries out, piercing the air with his voice. Here, he doesn't yell in anger. He's yelling in invitation. He yells because he wants men to hear. Verse 37, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, two things, listen. I want you to notice about Jesus. And if you don't already know this, you should write it down. Number one, and I love this about Jesus. And let me have that verse up. It's up 37 is up there. Good. Leave it there for a minute, please. Two things about Jesus I want you to know. Number one, and I love this about Jesus, Jesus knows how to tell a story. I love preachers who know how to tell a story. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He knows how to tell a story. Somebody once said that Jesus was a storytelling man. And that's true. And the second thing I want to tell you about Jesus is that Jesus is the master of capturing a strategic teachable moment. Because listen, after the praises, there would have been a, been a, a brief pause as the priest prepared to offer the sacrifices for that day. History says it was at that brief moment of pause that Jesus stood up and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living waters. Now watch this. Jesus grabbed the moment in a Jewish ceremony and spun it around and focused it right on himself in one second. In effect, Jesus is saying, you're thanking God for your physical water. If any of your souls thirst, here I am, come to me and drink. Jesus took the whole ceremony and used it as an illustration of who he was. Come to me for water. Jesus is saying, I am the one that quenches the thirsty soul forever. If you believe it, clap your hands and say amen. You believe it? Now listen, in verse 37, I want to show you three words that preach the gospel message. In this one verse, we have the gospel message. Three words. Got a pen? Number one, thirst. Number two, come. Number three, drink. Thirst, come, drink. There is the gospel message. Can more than one person say amen? Listen, thirst is first because fact, if you won't, you won't come if you're not thirsty. Fact. Did you know that thirst is the second strongest drive in the human body? Only second to the drive of air, the drive to breathe. That makes total sense to me. If you can't breathe, you don't have to worry about being thirsty. I think about these things. The drive of physical thirst is even stronger than the drive for hunger. You can go much longer without food than you can without water. Water is the most important liquid in the world. Without water, there would be no life. Did you know that we have 3,200 3, brands of bottled water on the market in 130 countries in the world? Did y'all hear me? 
3,200 brands of bottle, Deer Park, Dasani, Vio, Aquafina. What? Blue. I'm going to get my own water. Finch. <laughs> Why not? There's 3,200 brands of bottled water on the market in 130 countries. That's a lot of water. And did you know this? There's 1 billion people on our planet who don't have access to clean drinking water. Interesting. We've got so much water, and yet we're in a state of dehydration. In Jesus' day, listen, there were two types of water. And if you're taking notes, you write this down. There were two types of water. There were cisterns, and there were living water. And there was living water. Cisterns. This is water that was collected in the underground reservoirs. In Jesus' day, the way to survive was by building a large cistern and channeling the water that came from the rain. And the other type of water was living water. This is flowing water, clean water, water that bubbles up out of the ground. This is the kind of water that they find in the pool of Siloam. Now, when Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, Listen, notice he didn't say, if you're thirsty, eat some crackers. Say amen. He says, if you're thirsty, do what? Drink some water. Water is the most important liquid in the world. Did you know the abundance of water on the earth is, un is unique and distinguishes what they call the blue planet from, other, from others in the solar system? Liquid water is not known to exist on any other planet. Water makes up about three-fourths of the human body. The body needs three quarts of water a day to operate efficiently. Water helps break up and soften food. The blood is 90% H2O and carries nutrients to the cells. Water acts as a cooling agent and regulates our body temperature through perspiration. Water acts like a lubricant for our joints and our muscles. And without it, your joints and your muscles would grind and creak like unused parts from some old rusty piece of machine. Nobody say amen. Water is the most important liquid in the world. And without water, there would be no life. And Jesus is saying, if you believe in me and take a drink, I am the living water for life. You can't read this and not think of John Four, the woman at the well, as Jesus came to Samaria and he found himself sitting at the well. Remember the story? And, he, and this woman came out to draw water and Jesus asked for a drink. And then Jesus told her that the water that he gives, she will never thirst again. And she's thinking he's talking about Deer Park. And Jesus is talking about what? Living water. And Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water, and I'm sure as he's sitting at that well, I'm sure he's pointing down to the water that's in the well. And he's like, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst because the water that Jesus gives is unending and never ceasing and abundant and pure and fresh and calming. And Jesus said, the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up unto eternal life or everlasting life. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of thirsty people in the world, aren't there? The world won't quench your thirst with a new boyfriend. Did you hear me? The world won't quench your thirst with a new boyfriend. Travel won't quench your thirst. 
Fine food won't quench your thirst. Prestige won't quench your thirst. A new car won't quench your thirst. A new house won't quench your thirst. Moving in with your girlfriend or your boyfriend won't quench your thirst. Being disobedient to your parents won't quench your thirst. Parents, you need to say amen. I had to put that one in there for you. I'm trying to help y'all. Pornography won't quench your thirst. Money won't quench your thirst. Experiences will not quench your thirst. No amount of this world's crackers will quench your physical thirst. You were created by God with a yearning and a longing for fellowship with God. And only God and the Holy Spirit can satisfy and quench your thirst. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.